it's kind of that time where you're in this void of no light, but that's where creativity happens. That's where like creation happens, like seeds like burst open in the deep soil where there's nothing. And so the new moon for me is like, it's my favorite time. I was born on a new moon. <laughs> I love the new moon. Um, but that's when you want to call in and you want to create because it's just that fertile soil time. Welcome to the Healing Cocoon. I'm Jacoby Gray, soul alignment and success coach and energy healer, which means I can intuit the subtle layers of your energy field to promote ultimate health and well-being. My goal for this podcast is to shed light on the healing journey itself and help you feel more supported as you embark on the process of unpacking your past to consciously create your present and start living the life of your dreams. Through the study of coaching, kinesiology, holographic kinetics, meditation, Reiki, the chakra system, and many other modalities, I've learned how to release the blocks that were holding me back. Now I'd love to help you do the same. By embarking on your own self-healing process, you'll see the world transforming around you in ways you never thought possible. You'll begin to experience more connection clarity, love, fulfillment, synchronicity, and success than you've ever had before. So welcome to the Ascension. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Healing Cocoon podcast. Today is a really exciting episode because we're talking with one of my good friends, Katie Tyner, who I also met at my yoga teacher training. I know if you've listened to past episodes, you've heard that I have interviewed quite a few people from my teacher training, and there is still more to come because it was such an incredible uh, group of people that came together, and I made lifelong friends who all have had these Uh, beautiful healing experiences and now use the tools and the gifts that they got through that experience to help others, which is what the Healing Cocoon podcast is all about. So today we're speaking with Katie, who is the founder of Moon Body Soul, which is a holistic self-care company offering small batch, all natural products, self-care tools, ethically mined crystals, and so much more. And her passion is empowering others to, to truly care for themselves through mindful movement, meditations and self-love practices, which are all inspired by the healing energy of the moon, hence moon, body, soul. She's got more than 10 years of experience guiding people into their bodies with yoga and meditation and has been leading women's new moon circles for over five years now. Katie is also an avid crystal miner and I have been with her and mined crystals with my bare hands which was such an incredible experience and she's a lover of rocks minerals crystals all the things these beautiful gifts from mother earth have helped her to find a deeper connection to herself and a oneness with the universe so without further ado my beautiful friend katie so i feel like i mean there's been stages throughout my life that I've come in and out of, but the biggest one that kind of was a catalyst for this part of my life was in 2015. Um, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, an autoimmune condition of your thyroid. And at the same time, I also was waiting tables and I split my hand open and just, it felt like my life was crumbling. I, I cut a tendon and a nerve and then I got diagnosed with that and just a lot of things happening all at once. And Uh, When I got that diagnosis, I kind of realized like, man, what I'm putting on and in my body is so important. 
and it made me reevaluate my cosmetics, my food, just everything. And one of the big things was my bath products. And that's kind of what like catalyst me into starting Boom Body Soul by trying to find that all natural product. Wow. So first of all, what is Hashimoto's for those of those of us who don't know? I have a few friends who actually have been struggling with it, but I'd love for you to tell our audience. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I feel like it's one of those things that once you start hearing about it and you realize, I've realized so many people I know have it or know somebody that has it, but it's an autoimmune condition. Um, I kind of don't like the way that Western medicine describes it because they say it's your body attacking itself. And I don't know, energetically, that just feels like it's not very empowering because like why would you want to attack yourself (laughs) um but you have antibodies present when you do a blood test and it just means something is attacking your your thyroid which your thyroid here in your throat chakra it uh produces all of your hormones and it's the one that tells your hormones where to go and um i'm not a doctor so i'm probably getting this all wrong But <laughs> just yeah. enough, a general idea. Yeah, is it good. basically is a autoimmune hormone condition. Right. And so were you able to get that under control through, was it diet or changing everything, like all of your products that you were putting on your body? Like, how did you get to a position of management? So a big reason of why I was looking at the products and also what I was eating was because um, a lot of things are estrogen mimickers. So estrogen is one of the dominant hormones. And a lot of stuff with petroleum-based ingredients like dyes and synthetics and fragrances, anything that's a petroleum-based ingredient um, will mimic estrogen in your body. And so I cut all those things out. Definitely helped. Also with the diet, I cut out gluten because it it looks a lot like that antibody and it, it can help. It definitely helped me. I noticed a huge difference in my symptoms. Um, and I, yeah, I've just changed a few things like that, but I've had kind of waves of it where I'll be doing better. And I think the biggest thing has been stress control and understanding like how under stress my body gets uh, with my cortisol level rising. I feel like it just, all the hormones get wrecked from there. So I think that's been the biggest uh, realization I've had probably in the last year is wow, stress actually is probably one of the most important factors that you think you can't control, but you can control it <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like even the body being in a fight or flight state, that's something that I've been working through lately, just really kind of becoming aware of when my body goes into its old pattern of adrenaline just rushing. And I can get so much more done, but it's in this highly strung, anxious state. And so I'm trying to retrain my body to learn how to relax and stay in my parasympathetic nervous system, but still actually feel motivated to get stuff done when I am relaxed. It's a really interesting balance. Oh my gosh, yes. That's the balance I'm trying to seek. But I do feel like So I lived in LA for the last six years and we just moved out here into the mountains. And I feel like that shift was the biggest shift. Wow. I was living in that fight or flight state. I was getting a ton done in that fight or flight state in the city. Yeah. I know how much you were getting done. You were so crazy busy. I was getting so much done, but it was out in that state. And I'm realizing now that I, I need to find that balance of, What can I get done in a calm, grounded place? And so do you think that at the point your world kind of imploded, you got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, your hand was cut open, 
were you forced to stop at that point or did you keep going and pushing through? Um, so I was forced to slow down to an extent. I did push through though. Um, when you go through something like that, uh, I was dealing with like a worker's comp situation because that accident happened at work. You don't get enough money to live. So I had to continue working even though I wasn't supposed to be. Um, so I definitely was still pushing, but it was like a a big slowdown and there was a week there where like I physically couldn't do anything <laughs> so I was yeah, forced yeah. to slow down but unfortunately I was also still working pretty hard and so do you think like leading up to the Hashimoto's it was simply because you weren't listening to your body and you weren't allowing yourself to relax do you have any idea why you got into that space you know I'm not sure they say some of it could be genetic um and I do see like symptoms in my mom and my sisters as well um but honestly, I don't know. I just think that the the fact that so many women that I know around my age range are getting it, I feel like there could be environmental factors as well. Mm, the hormones. Yeah. When you said the estrogen and even the fact that gluten mimics that hormone that then causes the body to attack, that's crazy because you think about gluten's in yeah. everything. And I know when I talked to my Western doctor about this, um, she was not under that same belief that I should. She said, your diet has nothing to do with this, which <laughs> I do not agree with. Um, but my holistic doctor, my Eastern doctor opened my eyes to the gluten side of things. And really, like, I was devastated, but I tried it for six months. And it, I mean, it made all the difference in the world that I don't miss it. But I do mm -hmm. think, call me a conspiracy theorist, um, the amount of fortified iron that has to be in all wheat here in America, like legally they have to put it in uh, all wheat and flour, that I feel like that's maybe the reason why so many people are having issues with gluten. Wait, there's fortified yes. iron in yes. flour? So, <laughs> unless it's organic, Whoa. legally, you have to have fortified, uh, like enriched flour. It's crazy. I'm just now opening my eyes to this. And I feel like I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, why are we eating this much like heavy like iron in our diet? It's added in everything. That's really interesting because I struggle with iron. That's one of my big struggles, trying to get my iron up because my body doesn't store it. But I haven't been eating gluten in forever because of the way it bloats me. And now I'm like, wait, maybe I need to start eating more bread. <laughs> well, there's a there's a couple of podcasts I can share with you after this, Jacoby, that kind of broke this down for me. And mm. again, maybe I'm like totally nutty and out there. But the work of Weston uh, Price and this belief of like how our food system has changed over time is kind of wild. And I uh, I believe from hearing those podcasts that the iron actually isn't the only issue. There's a bunch of minerals that work in tandem. And yeah, I'm not an expert on this, but mm. I'm diving okay, into it. Well, I mean, we'll, <laughs> we will definitely get those, um, those podcasts and put them in the show notes because I think anybody who's interested in that um, can look it up. So this then started you becoming aware of what you're putting in your body, but also what you were putting on your body started you down the track of creating your now flourishing business moon body soul and I think I met you about a year or maybe two years into your business I can't yeah. remember at that time you had a you had a full-time marketing job and you were doing you were building moon body soul on the side and then I think within a year or two you announced that 
you were able to finally quit your job because the business had established itself, which was so exciting to watch you transform like that. And I know that that itself has led to so many more healing adventures as you've, I guess, stepped into really purifying your system, your life, your soul in alignment with the integrity of your business because it's really high integrity. Could you tell us a bit about what you do and how you got there? Yeah, I can't believe you have really known me for most of this uh, transition of my life of having the body soul. Um, so yeah, it started out as the bath products and that was my first my first passion was how can I create an all natural bath bomb because at the time in 2016 I I couldn't find one that lived up to my standards and it took me about a year to uh finally crack the recipe on that and then actually now I've actually discontinued the bath bomb from my line anyways just because of all the plastic <laughs> that's involved in the bath ball so wow I didn't want to use single use Not- plastic anymore so that was the only way to ship them and keep them airtight um, so now I have soaks, bath soaks, and they're in compostable bags. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying mm-hmm. to like make those little changes. It was really hard to let go of, but. <laughs> but I mean, that just goes to show for everybody who's listening, what a high integrity, um, product and ethos that Katie has the fact that you were willing to let go of your original product that I have worked in your kitchen and helped you yeah. make. <laughs> these these bath bombs that you built your business on but you were prepared to let them go because of the plastic wrap and I just honor you you're a really incredible human that you have such um oh my gosh thank you I feel like I have a long way to go I mean as having a consumer like product-based business there's so many things where you're like oh do we need all this stuff (laughs) like do I need to be selling a, a literal item I struggle with it a lot um But everything that I feel like I do create and decide to do, uh, there's really an energetic behind it of that it's helping someone get in touch with themselves. That's kind of like my mission behind it. So I feel like that mission kind of outweighs Mm -hmm. (laughs) the, you know, carbon footprint of sending a product out and all the things that go into it. So as you started to build your business and you you were soaking in your bath bombs and then what was the next product after that that you created? Um, So actually the next part of it was actually adding crystals and minerals to the line. I was always really passionate about crystals and minerals like growing up I mean I think all kids are really connected to rocks it's just something that Mm -hmm. is tangible and I was when I was five years old I was finding rocks in my backyard we had a old railroad track that ran through it and there were all these really shiny rocks and I set up a rock stand and was selling them for 50 cents on my front lawn (laughs) when I was like five or six years old (laughs) yeah so fast forward to 2017 I I wanted to go to Tucson and I wanted to go to the gym show and I wanted to to add rocks to the line. And I called and told my mom that and she reminded me of the story of selling rocks when I was little. I didn't even have any recollection of that. Um, but I feel like I'm like meant to be doing something with the rocks. But I dove into mm-hmm. all the minerals and uh, it's something that comes so easy to me. I can just really rattle off almost anything about any mineral. I have a bad memory, but somehow with rocks and minerals, it sticks um yeah I think you've had a lifetime or maybe many as a crystal whisperer because 
Katie can tell you any crystal and then she'll look at it and she'll say, oh, look at this record keeper and look at this rainbow and then look at this rutilation. And I'm like, oh, I love crystals too, but I, I can't keep up with all the names and all the properties. And and I think that your crystal gathering and and then selling them, I don't even want to say selling because like you said, it's you're you you have this offering that people are receiving and it's actually um activating them i think a lot of the time yeah and actually i love uh i love mining them myself and that's a big part of where i kind of want moonbody soul to go so in the beginning i really was visiting a lot of gym shows and meeting with a lot of mines and i was trying to keep it small and like family mines but i don't know the crystal and mineral world blew up in the past few years and it's gotten really convoluted and there's lots of stuff out there. And what I'm most called to is the stuff that I'm literally uncovering in the earth myself. I feel like that's just the most exciting um, for me personally. And then sharing it, it feels really special too. So I have done quite a bit of mining. I held a mining retreat in 2019. Um, I have goals of holding more of those in the future. Uh, but unearthing them yourself is like the most fun you can have. And do you feel that then... How now that you've connect, connected with crystals, have they elevated your own personal healing journey? Oh, wow. Um, so the way that I really connect with them is through the chakra system. That's just my, my method, my map of the body. I just love the chakra system. And so mm -hmm. that's the way that I see them. So there's tons of books out there that you can go and look up any crystal and read about it. And it'll tell you, you know, what it's good for, but when it comes down for, to for me is the color. It's all about the color frequency. Um, there's other properties too, like the stone's density and its clarity, things like that. But the color of it to me is just the most powerful and a really easy way to work with them. So that's the way that I kind of connect with them. So actually right now while we're talking, I have an aquamarine for my throat chakra. This is what I hold like every moon circle, every podcast interview. <laughs> um, so I mm -hmm. kind of ad address it with the seven chakras and and decide like what I'm needing. And it's kind of funny because when I look at my collection, uh, it's like a hundred grounding stones. <laughs> so many grounding yeah. stones. And I feel like maybe that's what I'm yeah. drawn to. Like I need to ground <laughs> lots of dark, dark stones <laughs> right now. I'm interrupting this awesome chat to tell you about one of my all time favorite creations, the chakra meditations a potent combination of yoga nidra, binaural beats and the chakra system. These meditations are designed to guide you into a deep state of relaxation where your nervous system can totally decompress and create the space for healing. I took my time crafting these meditation scripts because I wanted to make sure they resonated with every ounce of truth, transformation and light I could hold. Each individual meditation addresses the specific attributes of each chakra and has a soundscape composed by source vibrations that is attuned to the frequency of each chakra as well. So from the main root aspects of prosperity, grounding and belonging, all the way up to the bliss, self-reflection and enlightenment of the crown chakra, each meditation is going to take you on an intricately curated journey to energetic freedom. You can download them via the link in the show notes of this episode or on our website, 
urbanascension.co. That's C-O, not .com, urbanascension.co under the chakra banner. I can't wait for you to experience their magic. Yeah, yeah. Have you had any um, trippy experiences that you feel like might have been brought on by some of the higher frequency stones? Like So many. Remember the fluorite you brought to my house that day and we like held it and both kind of like flipped into another dimension for a few minutes and then just like burst into laughter and I was like did you feel I forgot about that yes yes (laughs) Yes, I have so many stories about crystals I can kind of talk about them all day long um one of the ones that I'll share because it's it's kind of fun and it has to do with my partner Bentley too um I brought home this 13 pound amethyst this like huge huge amethyst and I asked him like hey do you like this or should I put it up on the site like what do you think and he was kind of nonchalant like oh yeah it's cool but you know maybe you should sell it and I'm like okay well it's supposed to be really good for dreaming I'm gonna put it right next to our bed so I put it next to our bed we went to bed that night I'm someone who's very active I have uh very vivid dreams kind of like waking dreams he is not he doesn't have those But that night we go to sleep and I wake up, I'm having a waking dream. I see this um, tree at the foot of our bed and it's huge and it's gold and it's glowing. And I'm just like, wow, that tree is amazing. And then I look over and Bentley's sitting up with his eyes open. And I was like, whoa, do you see that tree? And he's not really hearing me. He's looking though at the foot of the bed and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, what? And then we both kind of come to... And he said, oh, my God, I saw you at the foot of the bed glowing in gold. And I was like, what? I saw a tree. (laughs) You're like, I was looking at a tree. (laughs) Yeah. And so then after that, fast forward a few months, I uh, go hold a moon circle and he's helping me clean the car out afterwards. And he picked up this backpack and I said, oh, be careful. That big amethyst is in there. And he was so mad. I took it out of the house. He's like, why did you take that out of our house? That's our amethyst. (laughs) He's so connected to it now. But yeah, that's one of the ones that I just love when there's that shared connection. So like you and I having that fluorite mm. thing. Because I feel like most of the time that was crazy. when you have an experience with a crystal, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is only happening to me and no one else is experiencing it. But I have a couple mm. where they were shared experiences and it feels more powerful. Yeah. And it kind of validates it for you doesn't it It really does I know that sometimes like I'll pick up a crystal and I can literally feel it's almost like I can feel it vibrating but I can feel the energy of it going into whatever part of my body that it's kind of um uh what's the word like connected to for example if it's like a rose quartz I can I can feel the energy of the rose quartz going into my heart do you have experiences like that oh definitely Definitely. And there's one. So I feel like some crystals, because you're very um, sensitive, I feel like to energy, you're just so open. And I'm sure for you, you can't experience that easily. But some people that's really hard. But I feel like a crystal that I get the best response from people is pink halite. Um, If there's ever anybody over at my house that doesn't like believe in crystals, or they think I'm wacky, like Bentley's friends, I'll lay pink halite on their belly and the reactions I get from that, like it's undeniable. It's a salt crystal. It's this really beautiful pink and it just does something to your belly. That is, I think the belly button too, this, this solar plexus is such a powerful place. I mean, it's where we were connected to our 
mom in the womb, you know, mm. there's so many nerve endings there. Mm. Uh, that's a real fun place to put mm-hmm. stones. But that stone specifically, I've opened up a lot of people to be like, whoa, <laughs> I felt something what in that just rock. Happened? <laughs> <laughs> and what about in your um, moon circles? So that was something that naturally was an organic, I guess, extension of your business and you started hosting circles and I've been lucky enough to attend some when we both lived in LA and they were always had such a beautiful sacred element to them. Do you feel that the circles you get as much out of the circles as the people who go along with you as a host of the circles? Are you kind of like up leveling? Oh at the my same gosh, time? yes. Yes, yes, yes. They are I feel like I probably get more out of it than the than the people that join me. They're just so uh, fulfilling for my heart. I just leave every single one feeling like, oh, super grateful. And I just love connecting to everybody. But there are time that um, I can really sit and check in because I'm not really teaching at them. That's not the way I hold them. I I just want to be a space holder and provide that opportunity for people to to share if they want, or to just have this internal experience uh, where we're bringing up themes of the month and the new moon. But I will say in the beginning, after every circle almost, I would get the worst headache ever. Like it was, it was every circle, it would end and my head would just like be pounding. And I didn't understand it because I was enjoying and having such a good time at these circles. But I've talked with a few energy healers and people that had told me that I needed to learn to like ground and protect my energy because when I go into those spaces, I'm connecting with every single person and I'm in such an open state. Mm. And it seems like when people are sharing too, oh man, sharing in a circle, it just feels really, um, when I'm hearing people share, I like really am feeling their emotions that they're going through in a way that I don't when mm. I'm outside of a circle. I mean, I'm an empathetic person, but <laughs> like, I feel like in the circle it's yeah, different. Yeah. And uh, I started trying to really ground. I started uh, containing the circle and selenite as well. And then after the circle, taking mm-hmm. selenite and, and kind of like, I don't know, moving things from my body. You maybe yep. even told me to do this, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's really helped. I don't get the headaches anymore, but they are just uh, so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should just hold a circle. If you're like, what is the circle? That sounds awesome. I have a blog on my website called how to host a new moon circle. You don't need anything special. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. <laughs> and you should just host one and invite your friends or have them invite friends. I just think they're super powerful. Mm. They are, and they're all about gathering. Have you ever had a man come along to the circles? Like, are men allowed, or is it female only? So I have had a couple men, and I know right now, like, gender is, like, a very fluid thing, and people identify as whatever Mm. they want to. So I I don't like to say women only, um, but there is something about people that identify as women coming together in that space and it and it feels really mm-hmm. safe to connect as women so I seem mm-hmm. to attract a lot of women to the circles most of them are all women um and I struggled with like do I open it to everybody like how you know how do I want to do this because I've I seen like even some of my friends and my mentors have circles where you know it's a, a bunch of different um everybody's there. And I do think that's great, but I don't know. I feel like my personal energy is really called to connect with women and I enjoy those spaces. Yeah. 
And it's the idea of, I mean, women are ruled by the moon and whether it's a new moon circle or a full moon circle, so either the waxing or the waning moon, for those people, I guess, who have no idea what we're talking about, you you gather in a circle and if it's the um, waning moon, so the full moon, you talk, you talk about what you want to let go of. And then if it's the new new moon, is that, what's that, the waxing moon? The oh God, I can't remember. <laughs> The waxing and the waning, wax on, wax off. <laughs> but it's it's all about what you're letting go of or what you're calling in, essentially. But I think there's something really special about well, as women, our body clocks are ruled by the moon. We have a monthly cycle, and as we come together, it's a way of, I suppose, honoring that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think maybe that's why sometimes it feels so sacred when it's a bunch of wombs sitting yeah, around. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think you're right because we do have that same internal, you know, clock that's working with the moon. And when it's new, it's waning to new. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's dark outside. It's empty from the sky, and it just seems like a really good time to go internal. So a lot of the work I do at the circle is very internal, but it's a a brave space to share with people. I like safe space, but brave space too because. Mm-hmm you can voice and um, yeah, what you want to call in. It's kind of that time where you're in this void of no light, but that's where creativity happens. That's where like creation happens, like seeds like burst open in the deep soil where there's nothing. And so the new moon for me is like, it's my favorite time. I was born on a new moon. (laughs) I love the new moon. Um, But that's when you want to call in and you want to create because it's just that fertile soil time. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Can we talk a little bit about psychedelics? Oh, I'd love to. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess an extension of your journey, I know Bentley was your high school sweetheart. Um, Is that right? Or your your university University. We didn't actually date in college, though. We met there and I was in love with him. Like love at first sight, I believe, is a thing because I experienced it. Yeah. But then we didn't date. And actually, in my mind, I always thought like, oh, everybody has a Bentley, this person they love, but they can't be with. Like, that's who he was to me. And then he came around, just took a few years. (laughs) Of course he did. He was never going to let you go. (laughs) He claims he told his best friend that he was worried he wouldn't move out to California and pursue his dreams if he dated me. So we'll give him that. (laughs) Wow. Well, I guess he got you out to Cali, which I'm so glad about. And on your journey, but this really beautiful, I guess, symbiotic journey that you've both been on, because as you've grown into moon body soul and crystals and opening up, he um, has really delved into the healing properties of um, marijuana and um, hemp and all of those things. And then together you've both explored psychedelic, psychedelics as a, well, mushrooms, I suppose, as a healing Cannabis, like that is his medicine. Cannabis is his medicine. And he's probably one of the people that knows more about cannabis than than most. Uh, so his like profession in it is photography and videography. But because of that, we've been into almost every single part of the process of, of the cannabis plant, you know, from being grown to being smoked. Mm. And I feel like it's medicine to him and it's a really beautiful um, plant. But then it wasn't until like, 2017 or 18 that I got really into uh, fungi and and mushrooms psilocybin that's that's what really called me and he was actually a little standoffish at first about it um 
oh, you know, I thought it was him that got you into it. I didn't realize it was the other way yeah, around. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't until like 2019 that I got him to open his mind to that. Because in college, you know, he experimented with a lot of things. Um, I didn't mm. at all, <laughs> at all, at all. And then uh, once I first started getting called to, to psilocybin, I just decided to like read and consume all the content I could around it first. And I would talk to people that had experienced it and they would try to explain to me what it felt like. But you can't really explain <laughs> to somebody. No, you can't. You just need to, you need to just try it. <laughs> yeah, but I did try to read like everything I could. I was very much like, I need to learn everything about it first because it, it seemed like a wild idea to me at the time. But uh, after having my first experience, I just knew like, wow, this is life changing and uh, it definitely changed my life and I wanted to share it. And Bentley said that I wouldn't stop. He was like, you are obsessed. You won't stop talking <laughs> about it. And then he finally tried it and uh, it's changed his life too. And we're both really passionate about um, psychedelics and the decriminalization of them. So what do you think actually shifted? Was it, let's say you were running negative mental thought patterning and you feel like it busted through that or it it uh, lifted veils and suddenly you saw the truth or what exactly shifted for you after that first experience? Oh, definitely lifting the veils. Um, I don't know. So the way that they work in the brain, there's a really good book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan and he really dives deep into the science behind it. But your brain has all these thought patterns and grooves that you normally would take um, because it's trying to help you out. It's trying to predict like what's going to happen next. And it takes you down, you know, those thought patterns. But when you uh, do psychedelics and you do psilocybin, it turns off the prefrontal cortex and it turns off that like automatic and it lets you see like all the possibilities. You almost feel like a little kid again, where you are so like open-minded and creative about everything. And it also lifts this veil of like all of the things that we attach meaning to and things almost become funny of like, why do we attach meaning to this? Why do we care? And I've had so many laugh attacks about that. Like I'll just laugh and laugh and laugh. That's something I don't know if uh, people who aren't that versed on psilocybin know, but it's a very laughy sometimes can be a very like laughter induced thing. Happy yes, experience. very happy. And uh, my friend Lexi explains it really well, saying, like, it's the difference between, like, oh, man, nothing matters. But psilocybin almost opens you up to, like, nothing matters. And it's like a freeing thing. <laughs> the nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not an existential crisis. It's actually, like, nothing matters. I'm free. I can do I can create or be whoever yes. and whatever and I want. that was the biggest takeaway from my first experience was like, wow, like, why am I putting these limiting beliefs on myself or like thinking certain things matter? And they actually don't. And it's a really like freeing, mind opening thing. And I don't think everybody's body chemistry necessarily, like they need to experience psychedelics. I think there's other ways of getting there, like meditation and breath work and other powerful mm -hmm. things. Um, but if you are a healthy person who doesn't have uh, any brain disorders, it can be a really neat experience. Um, 
That's so cool. And was your first time, did you do, did you do a heavy dose and were you guided through? Did you have someone guide you or did you just microdose? So I feel really lucky to how my first time went. It was almost perfect for me. One of my friends was getting married and she was holding a, a bachelorette party, but it was not like any bachelorette party you've heard of. It was very <laughs> intentional and sacred. And um, there were about eight of us women there. And four of us really wanted to partake in taking psilocybin. So four people didn't, but we all did this in ceremony. And we held a ceremony of creating these really beautiful mushroom chocolates and blessing them with all of the things that we hoped and wished for her marriage. It was so special. And then at sunset, we went outside and sat in a circle and we called in all these beautiful things for her. And we consumed uh, the mushrooms and sat around a fire together. And it was one of the most beautiful, like heart-opening like laughter, crying, and just so such a supportive way to experience that. And we started with a really small dose and then worked our way up. And uh, I mean, I was having the time of my life. It was, it was magical. <laughs> um, it was such a great experience. But that was my first experience. And I think having that experience that was so intentional and so supportive of a mm -hmm. container in Joshua Tree in the beautiful desert, it just, yeah. It changed my life for sure. That sounds like heaven. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you called in such a beautiful experience and a sacred experience, having researched it for so long that you called in such a high vibrational opportunity. Super high vibrational. And that's one of the things that if you are wanting to experiment and try these things out, the set and the setting, the setting of where you're at, but also your mindset, so important. <laughs> so important so that mm -hmm. that just laid the groundwork for me to have a beautiful time that's amazing and speaking of weddings I believe yours is coming up in a few weeks yes very very soon <laughs> um so <laughs> Bentley and I we got engaged like two days before the world shut down with the pandemic and since then we've tried to plan our wedding twice we were planning this like big beautiful wedding and then we kind of just like decided we don't care anymore. <laughs> we are eloping. That'll be the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, we don't. That'll be the mushrooms breaking through all those social ideas of what a wedding yep. should be. <laughs> and so just us two, we are packing our bags and going to Italy and having just a ceremony with literally just us two and a um, celebrant is what they call them in Italy. <laughs> celebrant. Mm. Oh, that's really beautiful. Well, we want to wish you all the best of luck for that. And we will put all of Moon Body Soul's um, details in the show notes so everybody can find you. And a quick shout out to Bentley if anybody wants to have a look at his Instagram, because that's also really cool um, if you're interested in going into a cannabis deep dive. What is he at Bentley Rolling? Is that right? Yep, just Bentley Rolling. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep going on what can sometimes be a tough road to inner peace and true happiness. If you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, go to thehealingcocoon.co for show notes and all things personal growth. And don't forget, if you're loving The Healing Cocoon, then put that love into action and subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. And until next time, my friends, let's rise and shine together.